Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Best Details, where I share stories that are brought to us by you. I have you guys send in stories. There's a link in the show notes if you guys want to send in your best details about anything and everything. Feel free to share literally whatever you want. Crazy, funny stories, sad stories, life advice for all of us, whatever it is, send it in. And I want to share it with the besties. It's anonymous, completely anonymous. You can add your name if you want to, but when you submit the form, I cannot see who submits any of this. It's wonderful. It's awesome. And I know that I say this every week, but this episode is so good. It's going to be so good. I mean, the stories that you guys share, I swear every single time I record this episode or look at the best details and read through them, I swear we're all the same person. We are all living the same experience of life. We're all feeling the same things. Like whatever you're feeling right now about whatever it is, we probably are all feeling the same way. It's like this womanhood, girlhood experience. And I'm so here for it. I do have a little bit of an update. It's a book update. Okay. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm going to keep updating you guys on my books because I, because I want to, and because I can, but, um, I inhaled the book fourth wing by Rebecca Yaros. I think I pronounced her last name correctly. I might've butchered it. So sorry if I did, but fourth wing, if you have never read a book in your life, if you want to get into reading, if you want to maybe cross the bridge from dark romance to fantasy world, if you need a completely different book to read, you need to read fourth wing. It's like if Divergent and Hunger Games had a baby with Twilight, Twilight in the sense that there's a love triangle, okay? The romance side of Twilight, you know what I mean? It's giving that energy with a sprinkle of Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. How, I mean, should I even continue further? If that doesn't sell you right away, I don't know what can. The spice in it, in the tension building, loved it. Thought it was perfect. The writing, not the best. Not the best writing I've ever read in my life, but I liked it. I thought it kind of just worked for the characters, if that kind of makes sense. It's kind of cheesy, but like what book is it? I'm sorry. If you're reading like a romance book and it's not like cheesy, um, then then I feel like it's not like a true, genuine, good romance book. Do you know what I mean? Like some of the shit I read, I'm like, oh my God, this is like a Hallmark movie, but I love it. Okay. The next book that just came out is Iron Flame. I'm starting it. I already started it. So good. I mean, Fourth Wing will leave you crying. Okay. I cried in this book. Didn't even cry in Akatar. Cried, cried, sobbed in this book, maybe because it's that time of the month for me. So I'm a little bit more sensitive, but still, I mean, wow. And the cliffhanger at the end. Oh my God. I, I seriously was shocked, shocked. So you need to read it. Fourth Wing. It's so good. It's going to make you want to find a dragon of your own, okay? It just will. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to leave it at that. But let's get into all of the best details today, you guys. These are good. Oh, they're so good. Okay, here we go. First one. It says, hi, Sophia. I was listening to your podcast episode, Breakups, and it inspired me to share my story. I want to start off by saying that I'm in a healthy and happy relationship of four years, and I wouldn't trade it for a thing. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the three loves theory, but I often relate to it. Basically, this says we have three loves in our lifetime. Our first love we experience young, often in high school. It's rainbows and butterflies. First love. Our second love is our hard love, but I like to call it crazy love, often full of lessons and can be toxic or unhealthy, but we love them so much it doesn't matter. Our third love is our forever love, the love that lasts. 
I believe I've experienced all three loves and I think that the man I'm with right now is my third love and forever bestie. But I want to talk about my crazy love. I'm currently 25 years old and I met my crazy love when I was 19. I was in a relationship on and off with this guy for two years. We broke up twice with reasons each time being him cheating. Ugh, gross. I hate that for you. The first time I found out, I was absolutely gutted. And of course, he told me this after he had slept with me just one more time. Absolutely the fuck not. I was head over heels for this guy. Like when I say I was crazy in love, I'm, I mean, I thought that he was the best thing ever. During our time apart, I dated another guy, but I could never stop thinking about my crazy love. I ended up leaving the nice guy to go back to him and I ended up moving in with him. I would say we were together for about seven to eight months at this point. He, only, he always told me what I wanted to hear, put me first and made me feel special. They always do. One night he went out with his friends and I stayed in to study when his work phone kept blowing up. I texted him to let him know I was putting his work phone on silent. And when I picked it up, I saw his screen full of DMs of, on Instagram between him and another girl. At this point, he had given her a cell phone number to text him. I'm assuming because he was putting two and two together that I was able to hear slash see this conversation with another girl. I then called him out on it and he completely ghosted me. He didn't come home that night and wouldn't answer his phone. An entire day went by with no contact and no coming home. I found out from his best friend that he went out and drove 45 minutes away to stay with this girl. At this point, all hell broke loose. I was blowing up his phone beside myself at this man's apartment, feeling like an idiot. It wasn't until I requested to follow the girl on Instagram that he finally reached out and called me crazy for requesting her. And then I never heard from him again. After another night of him not coming home, I left a note, packed my car up with my stuff and drove to my sister sobbing. I was beyond heartbroken. He never even called or texted me after I left. I vi vividly remember a moment in my car as I was driving and crying, in hindsight I definitely should have pulled over, that I promised I will always put myself first and that I was going to be okay and I would never go back with him. I spent the year after that focusing on myself and falling in love with me. It was my summer of healing that I met the man that I'm with now. A year and a half into my current relationship, my crazy love finally reached out. Out of nowhere, because he blocked me without even breaking up with me, he adds him on he adds me on all platforms of social media and sends me a message. Of course, I deny him of any sort of connection, and I called him out on never even apologizing or confronting what had happened. It felt good to feel like I had finally had the upper hand to turn him away. It wasn't but a week after he posted on social media a girl he had started dating. Go figure. One week you're messaging me and asking me to reconnect all while you're talking or, or dating someone, talking to or dating someone. Truly shows who he is. At the end of the conversation, I told him I hope he'll be the man for someone else that he was never able to be for me. I can't lie. I did and do still think about the love that I had for him, but it's different. I truly wouldn't take him back, but it was a different kind of love that I don't think I'll ever have again. Fast forward to now and he's engaged and has a house with the girl he was dating while he messaged me. A part of me wonders if it was me in front of him by the time he was ready for the change, if things would be different, but that a huge part of me is grateful it never was. What I have now feels safe, but sometimes I do miss the head over heels aspect. I sometimes feel guilty for feeling this way, but I also feel like it was part of my life and I'm allowed to have emotions towards who I used to be and what I've experienced. I would love to hear your opinion. Is it bad to think about past loves, to compare past and current feelings, and do you think that it's okay I don't feel like my whole body aches for the guy I want to spend forever with? XOXO, lots of love. <gasps> oh, oh my God, this is so, this is... So good. Okay. First of all, so sorry you experienced that, but how fucking relatable is this story? Okay. Here's my thoughts 
on this experience because I'm pretty sure we've all, the three love theory, I think rings true for a lot of people, for everybody. No, but for a lot of people, we have our first love in high school where our hearts broken. When we end up breaking up, it's like butterflies and everything's new and it's so fun. And like, when you're that young, you're all just like horny and excited and, and, and sneaking around. Cause you still may be living with your parents. Like it's just a fun time. It's like a very young time of your life, right? But then your second love is that crazy, toxic love. Now, I believe that as human beings, you can have chemistry and connections with multiple people in your life. Even if you're with somebody, you can still have chemistry between you and another person. Now, it doesn't have to be Chemistry can be platonic, okay? It doesn't have to be like romantic chemistry, but like you can have chemistry with multiple different people in your life, um, you know, including the one that you end up with. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And I think that when you have, when you're in a relationship with crazy, unhealthy, toxic love, it's a drug. It literally is a drug. I'm pretty sure um, there's like psychology on this or there's got to be some research out there where when you're in an unhealthy relationship, it's the chase. It's the cat and mouse back and forth. That is the addiction, right? Where they're treating you like shit. They're going out. They're not coming home. They're not responding to you. You're going crazy. You're trying to reach out to them. You're like, what the fuck is this? What's going on? And then they always eventually come back to you. And then you feel amazing when they do. Every time. That's the drug. That's the fix that you get, right? Because then you tell yourself, I'm the only one for them. I'm the one that they cry in front of. I'm the one that they have shared all of their deep, dark secrets with. I know that I mean something to them. Like they wouldn't come back to me and they wouldn't share everything that they've shared with me if I wasn't their person. And that is where it becomes addicting. And and usually, typically in these kinds of relationships, I feel like they're extremely passionate. Like the sex is probably amazing because it's this passionate, like makeup, breakup, enemies to lovers kind of relationship. Is that healthy? I don't think so. Okay. So you're, you may have the passion and the fire flame and you're, and it's crazy romantic craziness. You may have that, but the loyalty and respect and love and support and communication and trust is not there. Okay. So when you find that person where you feel safe with them. And I love how you describe the the guy that you're with right now. You feel safe. That's how you should feel. They should feel like you're home. They should feel safe. And he covers all of those bases of like love, respect, loyalty, X, Y, Z. But the passion, it was there at first because it's new, but now it's like the passion is different. It shifts. Okay. And now you're like, okay, well, I'm thinking about my past relationships. I'm like, oh God, the passion was crazy. Like the sexy time was crazy. And I'm, I'm not feeling that now, but, but I do love the man that I'm with. Like, I think that this is super, super relatable for a lot of people. I don't think that you should feel ashamed or bad for thinking about your past relationships. Now, comparing it to the one you're in, 
I don't think is fair for you to do because they're not comparable. You're with a, you're with a man. Okay. And, and who you were with before was an immature boy who is very insecure. Okay. Cause like people who cheat are, are, are insecure. Okay. In their relationship, in themselves, it happens. Okay. It's part of life. It's part of life. We're, we're not perfect. We're human beings. It's, it might happen to you. It's okay. But that's not who you want to spend the rest of your life with potentially be the father of your kids. Right. And that's kind of where you become, things become different and like who you look for in a man is different. But yeah, I think that that's really, really relatable. And I, I think we all think about, I actually just mentioned this on TikTok (laughs) because, um, I was 21 when COVID, I had just turned 21 in the January before COVID hit in March. Okay. And shut everything down. So those are like really pivotal years of your life where you're really going out to bars and you're like from 21 to 23 was in like, you know, 22 and a half. Yeah. 23 was like when COVID for me was like really rampant. It still exists obviously, but it was like things were shut down and it really, shifted a lot of things for me. So I only got two years of college before I only, I only had two years of college. You guys, that's it. That that's what, how I feel. That's why I feel like, even though I graduated from UNR here in Reno, I feel like I should have graduated from Oregon because those are my college days. I think about my freshman and sophomore year of college when I was at Oregon (laughs) a lot. It's my Roman empire. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Did I really do that? That's where I had my crazy, that was like a crazy love. That second love for me had that crazy love when I was there. And it's, it was just like, it's just crazy. It's toxic. The cat and mouse, the chase, the, the, the cheating, the lying, the whatever. It's like you become addicted to the game, but it's not like you actually love that person. There's a huge difference, but those feelings that you have are often confused with love. And you're like, oh, I love this person, but that's not true love, you know? Um, but yeah, I think about, I think about those times of my life all the time. So I think if you're here, you're sitting here right now, you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I think about my college days all the time. Don't tell my husband. I think we all do. Like, those are just crazy parts of our lives where we're like, wow, like what a different time, like how things have changed, right? You're kind of like looking back, sipping on your tea or coffee and you're like telling your grandkids about that time. Right. But it's crazy. Cause I only got two years before COVID shut everything down. Classes were online. We were quarantined. And then I, I graduated like the, the, we, we had to wear masks across the stage when I graduated. Like it was just, you know, which is really shitty. Like it's a bummer that it was kind of shifted for a lot of people. Um, but it's just, it's just a sign of the times. Like it just, everybody went through it. We all experienced it, but yeah. Oh my God. What a good story. I can honestly, this whole entire episode could be, could be dedicated to talking about this, but I think you are completely valid for these feelings, but I think you kind of need to separate and stop comparing because they're not comparable. It's unhealthy versus healthy. And when you get to a certain point in your life, you're like, who could I see being the father of my kids, even if you don't want kids, right? You're like, who would I like want to bring into my inner circle to, you know, keep me safe, keep me happy, respect, love, loyalty, um, goes way further than passion, you know? So that's how I'm going to end that. But, oh my God, that was so, that was just such a good bestie tale. Oh, I just love you guys. Okay. Second one goes, 
Bestie girl, hi. First, love you. Love you too. Second, love this podcast. As a mama of identical twin boys, you have inspired me so much to be present and not get caught up in the stretch marks or extra fat I've held on to. In one of your episodes, you said that stretch marks were gorgeous and I literally bawled my eyes out. LOL. LOL. Anyway, that's not the point. Oh, I love you. First of all, first of all, they are fucking gorgeous. Everybody has stretch marks, you guys. Like there's not a single person on this planet earth that does not have stretch marks. Stretch marks are sexy. They're hot. They show growth. And for all of you mamas out there who have stretch marks from when you fucking bear children in your body and created a human being, that's fucking cool. That is very cool. Um, okay, here we go. I'm here to tell you my funny this will be the worst Tinder date of all time. I lived in Texas and I was dating this guy going on two and a half years. He had the opportunity to play basketball in New York for the summer. We said our goodbyes and then I literally never heard from him again. Two and a half years just out the door. Thought the man was in a plane crash. Before realizing finding myself didn't mean going on Tinder, I downloaded the app and met this guy. We were supposed to meet up and I was about to back out because I had a family member pass away and just wasn't in the mood, but he convinced me to meet him at the Starbucks by saying he had something super nice planned. We start walking through Target and this man bought one single gold spoon. What the fuck? I know. We head out to our cars and he realized I drove a sports car and he asked if he could drive it. I said yes and we went around the block. We get back and he said he wanted me to see his car so I follow him. Stupid, stupid, I know. He said he wasn't hungry and started driving. Mind you, we lived in the Metroplex so we are passing all these different kinds of fast food places. I start to realize he's leaving town and I had set myself up for the perfect tragic ending of my miserable life. LOL. I finally, okay. First of all, first of all, I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at what you said, but this is every true crime. This is the start to a true crime podcast. Okay. I finally asked if he was going to be stopping for food and he pulled off the highway into a Whataburger in the Walmart parking lot, probably 25 minutes away. Is it, did I pronounce that right? I'm not Water Whataburger. I'm not, I, I, heard of it, but I've never had it. I was super annoyed at this point and just kind of looked out the window as he ordered his honey butter chicken biscuit. He pulled into the parking lot to eat it and I started hearing a rustling. I was looking out the window at this point. I see him moving in the reflection of the window and I froze. He couldn't be doing what I thought he was doing. Sure and ma'am, ma'am. Oh my God, I can't even say this out loud. I can't even say it. I can't even say it. <sighs> Compose yourself. Sure enough, the dude was eating his honey butter chicken biscuit and jacking himself off while watching porn on his phone propped up on the dashboard. I yelled at him to take me back or I was going to get out of the car and find a way home. When we got back to my car, he asked if he would be if we would be seeing each other again, and I laughed while slamming the door at his face and yelled out a lovely fuck you out the window, and we never spoke again. Hope you can enjoy a little laugh. As for the happy ending, I'm now married to the love of my life with twins and two dogs, and I still can't eat a honey butter chicken biscuit to this day. What am I supposed what what am I supposed to say? Are you okay? Are you okay? That is so traumatizing. What is wrong with people? Wait. You guys, Tinder, these Tinder dates, this scares me. This scares me for anybody saying that they're going on a Tinder date. I'm, I, I think of all the stories that you guys have shared here 
And I'm like, maybe just don't go. Maybe just do a little self-care night, you know, a little self-love, self-care, never hurt nobody. Maybe don't go on the date. I don't know. I don't know. That's insane. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about that. I have no words. I have no words for that. Besides, thank you for sharing, Queen. Okay, the next one. Hi, besties. I wanted to start by saying I randomly found you on TikTok when I looked into natural birth control. I ended up buying the Aura Ring and OMG, I love it so much. I started cycle syncing my workouts and I recently just got your app and loving it so far. Seriously, learning about my body and cycle has been such a game changer. Links to you. That makes me so happy. That like fills my heart up. Oh, I just love you guys. And and thank you for sharing that. All right, here we go. Anyway, bestie, I'm not trying to throw a pity party for myself. By all means, if you need to throw a fucking pity party, you guys throw it in the best details. Okay. Sometimes you need side note. Sometimes you have to just throw a pity party. Sometimes you do. You just need to be like, my life is horrible. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a piece of shit. I literally don't know what's going on. Sometimes you need to do that. You need to cry it out, take a shower and then you're going to feel better. And then you're going to be like, okay, I actually don't believe any of that, but like, I'm, I feel much better now. Okay. I'm not trying to throw myself a pity party by any means, but this last year was probably one of the hardest years of my life. I'm writing you this in hopes you or other besties can relate. I felt like I couldn't catch a break. I don't need to go into too many details, but here's the rundown. I graduated from university not knowing I want what I wanted to do with my life. Relatable. I've also been struggling with body positivity. I have a woman's body now and not my college body. Any besties out there that can relate? Yes. Raise your hand high. We're all raising it, bestie. I ended up leaving my hometown after graduating to try something different. If anything, I knew I didn't want to stay in my hometown. I moved to Boise, Idaho, about two hours from my hometown, and I absolutely had the worst time. I really wanted to love it, but I just didn't. Things got worse. Like how? I had something traumatic happen in Boise, and I I decided to move back home. I was so embarrassed and felt like a failure. I lived at home, unemployed with my mom for a couple of months to regather myself. On top of all this, I had the worst bestie breakup. I'm honestly tearing up writing this just thinking about it. We've tried to rekindle a couple times over the last year, and just as I think we're getting better, something happens. Not to be dramatic, but I'm not sure if I can forgive her for what happened last time. When I was struggling in Boise and wanted to come home, she was not there for me when I needed her most. I'm so hurt. I think this is the, I think this is the most hurtful part of everything I've been going through this last year. I decided to move to Reno, hey, at the beginning of September. My dad and little brother live here, so I thought it would be a comfortable and safe restart. My poor cat has had so many moves, lol. Also, I had no idea you lived here until after I decided to make this move. Oh my God, I love that. I listened to your podcast for my whole eight hour drive here and it honestly helped so much. It made me feel inspired to pull myself out of this rut. Oh, I love that. Looking for some advice, encouragement, and or motivational words that things are going to be okay and I'm not alone. I just want to feel happy and, and start a life for myself. I am doing better. I have a job, enrolled in master classes at UNR, and I've been using your app for the gym. I need some girly pops. Oh, we are here for you. Thank you for sharing that so much. Uh, yeah, you're not alone. You're not alone. This is a hard part of life. Like this is, I just feel like what your twenties is. And I'm sorry that you went through a bad experience in Boise, whatever that was. And a bestie breakup on top of all of that, given a bad situation that you go through, like when they're not there for you, when you need them most, so disappointing. It is so utterly disappointing and it's super, super hurtful. And it just, this is what this part of your life is navigating your twenties, breaking up with your, your friends that you thought were going to be in your life forever, going through bullshit, moving around, moving in with your parents, which nobody should ever feel ashamed 
to move in with their parents. Okay. I don't think that that's, it's not, it's a sign of the times right now. Okay. Like so many people our age are living with their parents. And I don't think that that's, I don't think it's a bad thing by any means. Like, I don't think it's an embarrassing thing. You have to do what you have to do. And also like, if you think about it, our parents are only just getting older. Right. And it could be the last time that you're ever this close to them or with them, you know, when, when you live with them and being able to spend maybe the later part of their years with them, not saying that they're like super, super old or anything, but like just cherish those times because time's already flying, you know, and and you never know when it's going to be your last day with your family. And I don't think, I just don't think it's a bad thing by any means, but I can understand why you feel that way. Cause it seems like everyone has it together. Everyone's living on their own and they're nice, high-rise apartment and doing all these things. And it can seem that way on social media, but it's not for the vast majority of people. You guys have to understand that only a small percentage of people post on social media. And majority of the people who are who are out just living their lives, not posting their lives on social media, living normal lives. Like It's not the same as what you see on social media. And this is kind of just part of the growing process in your 20s. There's going to be a lot of highs and a lot of lows. But as long as you are continuing to show up for yourself, doing what's best for you and doing things that you love and you're growing from the experiences and you're not you know, self-sabotaging after things go wrong, you are growing from it as hard as it takes to grow and to show up for yourself during hard times. As long as you're doing that, you're, I think you're doing life the right way. Not that I would know because we're all the same age here, pretty much like all relatively the same age from the same generation. Like I think you're doing, you're doing pretty fucking good. Okay. And you're showing up for yourself. You're making the right changes for, for you. And that's all that really matters. You just have to continue to grow and just to just let life run its course. You're, you're like what I say, you're already walking down your path. That's already paved your path in life. And like, whatever is going to happen in life to you is already, the path is already paved. It's already like the future is already kind of laid out for you. You're just walking along the path. And there's multiple different curves and and stops you're going to come to and different paths that you're going to have to take and divert to and whatever. That's just, it's just life. And sometimes you got to go into Lululand and be like, you know what? My path's already paved and I'm just walking along. Everything's going to be fine. You just got to let go and trust in, in this experience of life that everything's going to work out and everything's going to be okay. Hopefully that helped you. And hopefully that helped somebody else out there who needed to hear that. Okay, the next one goes, being engaged to a narcissist. To make a long story short, I dated a narcissist for six years. I'm currently 23, but at 16 on a family vacation, I met a boy who I thought was cute to find out he only lived 20 minutes away from me at home. We started dating at a young age, and his dad, his parents were divorced, started saying we were meant to be together because we met at the beach 500 miles from home. We would be together forever. At 16, I believe that. I think we all did. See, there's our first love. Here's the three love theory. This is your first one. I started spending more time with this family than mine and eventually started to push my family away because they made their family more important. Red flag number one, when they start to isolate you. Three years in the relationship, he cheated on me. I found out from his his stepsister's boyfriend that he cheated. The narcissistic father and my narcissistic ex told me that it was my fault. Red flag number two, they're going to they're gonna blame you for everything. No one can find out about this. I kept this secret from everyone, and I mean everyone. It basically tore me down to the point that I believed it was my fault, and I bought him so many presents 
to get him to forgive me for him cheating on me. Yep. There you go. I know it's crazy. It's not crazy. This is like very much how narcissistic people work. We stayed together and and I was going to college full time and working two jobs and running this boy's parents business so he could sit at home and play video games all day. I was constantly told I wasn't good enough. I'm the worst. I'm ugly. I need to lose weight. You name it. It was the most anxious and depressed I had ever been, but I hid it from my friends and family and lied, making him seem like he was the best guy in the world. Eventually we got engaged. My parents hated him, but knew that if I if they said no, I would push them away further. Eventually he started talking to his mom again. And when we were engaged, because it was important for me, it was important to me for her to be there, but his father made him push her out of his life. I was very close with his mom. And eventually one night it came out that he had cheated on me and was still cheating on me as we were engaged. His mother stopped and said, you deserve better than my dick of a son will ever give you and made us break off the engagement and told me to keep the ring that he got and sell it. This is where the story gets good. Girl, they, where it gets good. His stepsister was engaged to her boyfriend that caught my ex cheating and told me three years ago. She cheated and got pregnant with someone else and they had broken up for a year. He reached out to me saying if I needed to talk, he was there because he knew what I was going through and went through because he went through it himself. Oh God. I don't know where this is going. Okay. We got close, went on some dates, and three months after my engagement ended, we started dating and moved in together. This man who told me four years ago that I deserved better and bitched my ex out is now the love of my life, sweetest man in the world who tells me I'm beautiful and supports me in everything I do. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. He loves my family and lifts me up every day to be better and lets me know that I'm worth loving. He also saw my ex a few weeks ago in public and gave him hell for being a shit person. Whoops. Wow. Wow. That's some tea. Okay. First of all, I'm sorry that you went through that. I'm sorry that you went through that because nobody should ever be treated that way. But this is a really good story for the besties to hear because this is very much how it is dating someone who is a narcissist. Okay. That is what they do. And if you can't tell, he got it from his father. And if the mom comes to you and says, you deserve better than my son, that should be the icing on the cake. If, if, if a mother says that about their own child, because they know, they know, yeah, that's something that you should definitely, definitely listen to. Well, I'm glad that you got out of the relationship. I'm glad that you're with the love of your life and it ended up, it ended up working out. You know, everything happens for a reason. Okay. And I'm happy that you're happy, but thank you for sharing this. Cause I think that like, these are a lot of flags, big, major blaring red flags in relationships that people will often overlook. Of course, like we've all kind of been there. Um, but these, this is a really good story for anybody who maybe is reading this and is like, oh, I've either gone through that or I'm kind of going through this right now. Like this kind of sounds a little bit familiar. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry you went through that, but Hey, look at where you're at now, girl. You will always be better off. You will always be better off. You, you will. And, and that's it. Okay. The next one goes, Hey, Soph, I absolutely love you and consider you my favorite influencer, and I so wish we could be friends in real life. I look forward to your podcast every week. I was debating on sharing one of my most embarrassing stories, but figured, why not since it's anonymous? First of all, I love you, and second of all, yeah, baby, here we go. So my backstory. My boyfriend and I have been dating for over four years, and we live two hours apart, so we're sort of doing long distance thing, and we only see each other two days a week, and sometimes only every other weekend. 
About two Christmases ago, he asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I must note that at the time he was living with his dad. Anyways, at that point in our relationship, I was feeling a little frisky and wanting to spice things up. So I sent him my wish list of some sex toys I wanted to try out. Okay, major slay. That's what I'm talking about. Here's the kicker. My boyfriend is a third generation, same name kid. Oh boy. Meaning he is the same first and last name as his grandfather and father. Oh, we all know where this is going. Here we go. So now you might know where I'm going with this. We do. My sexy little Christmas gift arrived and his dad opened a box of dildos and vibrators thinking they were sent to him because they were labeled by his name. My boyfriend then tried to explain to his dad and wife that they were for me. It's been two years and I will never get over it. This man will probably be my father-in-law someday. Hopefully he forgot by now, but I most definitely will painfully cringe at that memory forever. Oh, girl. Oh, you know what? You know what? Who can judge that though? Who who can judge that? First of all, I mean, of course, that's like mortifying and embarrassing, but like, let's be real, okay? We're all doing that. Hopefully y'all have some toys of your, uh, for your own, you know, maybe in your relationship, spicing some things up with toys is an excellent way to do that. There's so many, so many things you can do so much room for activities. Absolutely. I love that. And hopefully they maybe appreciated that. I don't know. I don't know how I would react if my kid, if that happened, or even if I was the one in your shoes, I probably would never go to Christmas again. No, I'm kidding. But that's, that's hilarious. We all have kind of like an embarrassing story. Um, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to your boyfriend's parents, I think we are, we are all there. Okay. The next one goes, Hey, so if my name is Ava and I need some advice, I'm currently in grad school, eight hours away from my family, living with my boyfriend and his family. I'm very thankful for the space they're letting me live in while I'm in school, but I feel stuck. My boyfriend and I have been together for a total of like three years, small break for a few months to grow up and get priorities straight. But lately things have not been the greatest. He works full time and I'm in school and also working. I don't feel happy in the environment I'm in. I love the grad program and classes, but we've been having a lot of arguments lately, almost daily over the dumbest shit. I feel like I'm not being prioritized. And to be honest, sex is awful. He doesn't seem to be wanting me as much. And it's just like a straight up ask when it happens. Not a fun lead up, no anticipation. And if you know, you know, it takes girls more than simply asking to get in the mood. I just feel kind of unhappy and our arguments are getting very discouraging. And I feel like I should be getting more attention than being on Xbox till bedtime. We also sleep in separate separate rooms, compromise. So like real intimacy isn't there as much as I need. I just want someone to want me and be hungry to get in my pants, but it's just not happening as much as I want. I know the transition of living together and being around each other is a cause and a part of it, but I don't know what else to do. I'm living in their home and I can't afford to get my own space and I know I want to stay in grad school here. I've talked to him about it, but I'm starting to really get frustrated and unhappy that I'm losing him to damn video games. Where can I find a Nash? Please help. Okay, first of all, you're not alone. You're not alone. I'm sure that there is a ton of people who feel this way. Kind of ironic because obviously I just shared the episode of moving in with your partner and I explained in that episode that your intimacy, I think, absolutely does change when you live with your partner. The extra effort, it requires more effort a little bit to make sure that you are prioritizing intimacy 
that you're keeping that part of the relationship solid and that you're not getting too comfortable because when you get comfortable, you just stop putting in effort without sometimes even realizing it. It's not like it's on purpose, right? You expressing these feelings to him though, I mean, obviously like it depends on how you're expressing it. Okay. So going back to the very beginning, one of the first episodes that I posted, it was about communication in relationships and breaking down what communication is in general. Everybody receives information differently. Everybody decodes and encodes um, communication and stuff differently. So even if you're saying something, they might be perceiving it in a different way. So approaching the conversation in a way that is maybe asking more toward, because if you want to work it out with them, right? If you like genuinely are like, no, I do love them. This is just like, we're going through a rough patch right now. And I feel like we can at least try again to get back in touch with our intimate side. I think attacking it at an angle of figuring out what his love languages are and what your love languages are. How does he give and receive love? How do you give and receive love? Because once you figure that out, intimacy becomes a lot more simple. I won't say it becomes easy, but it becomes more simple because you're not wondering why he's feeling this, that, and the other. Okay. Because it, it, you know, with the, with the saying of like, oh, if he wanted to, he would right? The whole, like, if you wanted to, he would, there's rose petals leading up to my bed once a week. Like if he wanted to, he would. No, that's just, that's an acts of service guy. Like if he wanted to, he would, yes, for, for many things, but that's a guy whose love language is acts of service. That's a guy who loves to give gifts. Not every guy likes to show their love through that. And it doesn't mean that they love you any less, right? So I think, there's there's a bunch of different things. I mean, the interest could could just not be there anymore. I'm not saying that he's maybe, you know, hanging out with other people or anything like that. That that could be one thing. But the other thing is that maybe he just doesn't understand that he doesn't understand the way that you want to receive love. And if you attack it in a way that's like you don't get it, like you're not putting in the effort, like it takes me longer to, you know, get in the mood. Like you're not putting in the effort. You're only on your Xbox. Like you don't fucking put in time and effort in the, like he's just hearing you and the tone of voice of like, you're not good enough. You're shitty. All you do is play video games. He's not hearing the underlying message of you are not giving me the love that I, that I want to receive. The way that you're showing me love is not the way that I like to receive it. Cause that's what you're saying without saying it. And I'm going to tell you right now, yeah, most men don't read between the fucking lines, okay? They just don't. And that's okay. A lot of them do, but not every man reads between the lines. And it is what it is. I'm not excusing any man's behavior, but you have to say straight up exactly what you feel. The underlying message has to be the message with some with some men out there, okay? And you have to kind of explain For instance, if the way that you receive love is like, hey, I really want to work on this and I I genuinely love you and I want to get back in touch with with each other intimately, why don't we just start clean and start fresh and just start over completely? And I want to tell you that where I'm at in my life right now, the what I love that you do and the way that I feel most loved by you and that really gets me in the mood is when 
you you forewarned me and kind of let me know early in the day being like, hey, I just want to let you know that like I want to hang out with you later and I want to be close with you later or however you want to like you don't have to be like, hey, I want to take you to Boner Town later. You know, kind of like I said in the last episode, like you don't have to be that straight up. But if you want to do like it could be sly where it's like, hey, I want to see you later. I want to hang out or like I want to have some alone time with you later. And letting me know that really gets me excited and really gets me in the mood that way. Like I can prepare myself and 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 want it all day and think about it all day. And then at the point that like we that it comes to us hanging out, then I'm really ready to to give myself to you and for us to share you know, an intimate moment, like whatever you guys get what I mean, but explaining to them the way that you give and receive love and just be like, when you, I don't care that you play your video games, but when you do until bedtime and you don't even show like anything to me or ask me how my day is, or just want to sit down and have a conversation with me, like it just bums me out because I really, I want more of those moments. I'm not saying every night has to be like that where you don't play your video games ever again. And like, we have to have these deep talks every night, but like if once or twice a week, if we could start out of you just like not playing your video games when you usually do and us maybe just like talking, I would love that. Because it seems like you're really craving like that deeper connection and you're not getting that. And part of it can be moving in for sure, you know, living with his family. That's that all kind of like goes into um, into it and plays plays into that. But you really do at the end of the day, just kind of have to figure out how you give and receive love. And it's going to change um, depending on where you're at in your life, what setting you're in. I'm sorry that you feel kind of stuck. I know that I can always be, it can be really difficult to, to go through that for sure. And it just sucks. It really does. When you working out of an intimacy rut takes a lot of effort on both ends. It has to be something that you guys both equally give a hundred percent to. It cannot be a one-sided thing. And it's not to point blame of like, you're not enough for me, you know, and then they're like, you're not enough for me. You're not doing, no, it's, it's just like, let's just wipe it clean. Let's just start over. Let's start fresh. Let's redo this whole thing and let's rediscover each other intimately. Let's rediscover what we like and what we don't like. And I really want to go on this journey with you, you know, and you can kind of phrase it like that and, and kind of frame it in a way that they're included to their thoughts and feelings and, and the way that they give and receive love is just as important as what you feel as well. Um, but after that, if he's not putting in the effort, you don't deserve that. Uh, it's time to kind of reconsider your options there because you deserve somebody who is willing to put in that effort because it happens in relationships. It happens, you guys, where you'll go through ruts, you'll go through intimate ruts and it's just a part of fucking life. Okay. And you have to both be equal in putting in the effort forward to restart and, and just start fresh and rediscover each other intimately. It happens. It happens all the time. So you're not alone in feeling this. And I really, really appreciate you sharing that story with us because I think that's very probably really relatable to a lot of people. Um, but that's it. That's all that I got today for you guys for this episode of Best Details. I so appreciate y'all. And I so appreciate you guys just being in here for me every week and hanging out with me and hanging out with me for this episode, taking time out of your day to listen to this week's 
episode of Best Details. It was such a good one. And this was kind of like a lot of like relationshipy type of stuff. And, and I love that. And I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me and I'll talk to you soon.